Our most gracious and ever-living God, we give you thanks, we give you praise for the blessing of this new day. Uh, as always, I thank you that you've gathered us together in your name, and we do pray that you'd be in the midst of us. And that, Lord, through the words which we share this day, that not um, our words necessarily are our message, but yours would go forth. For you are our life and you are our salvation, most gracious God. Speak to us, we pray. And I pray that your words of truth um, would take root um, deep within our hearts and that they would not simply take root, but they would um, bear fruit and bring to us the life available in you alone. And all this we ask now in the name of your Son, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A uh, couple of things. Um, class 2 of, of Truth and Life. And um, we will, just by way of, of housekeeping, um, we will not meet next week. Um, we, will, we will meet again, but Paul and I are going to be away um, next week. Actually, May 2nd um, is our 20th anniversary. So, um, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, 20, 20 years of occasional bliss. And uh, it's been, uh, it's been, it's been, it's been fantastic. And uh, we're actually, it's, it's going to be kind of fun. I'm officiating at a wedding uh, up in Cashers. So anyway, so Paul and I will be away. Um, Paul and I will be away next week, and then we'll we'll meet the Sunday. We'll meet the Sunday following that. A couple of words, just very briefly, of recap of a little bit about what we shared last week. And and part of what we shared is this: is that there is a there's a good and healthy desire to see and to understand and to experience how our how our faith applies how our faith applies to our life uh, because obviously God is is the source of life He's the source of truth He's the source of of salvation and that uh, that the power of the truth of God the power of the Word of God has has an impact has an effect not it's not simply um, for salvation as if you can attach simply to that um, that that's certainly uh, more than sufficient. Um, the gift of salvation made available uh, in Jesus Christ. But it's also a word of truth that, that has a bearing on our life right now. And it's also a word that can bring, uh, that can bring freedom um, to our life, that can bring strength to our life. And so we wanted to reflect a little bit about some of the ways in which it does that. And as we reflected on that, we also said um, part of the important thing is um, understanding the nature of the gospel and the message of the gospel, and that is that first and foremost is that you and I are people in need of salvation, that we are, um, that we're broken, um, that we're unable um, to save ourselves, we're unable to heal um, ourselves. There are situations in our lives that we're unable to extricate ourselves from. We need someone who is bigger than ourselves, someone to come and to seek and to save us uh, and to lead us um, to salvation, to heal us and to restore us in a way that we can't accomplish on our own. And human nature is such, we want to do it on our own, but the first thing, uh, the first message of the gospel is that we're dead in our sins and our trespasses. Um, we need someone to intercede on our behalf. And the message of the gospel, of course, um, is that Jesus Christ is the one who's come forth into the world um, to save sinners, to extend um, the grace of God, the love of God, the healing of God, which we all um, deeply, desperately need, um, in, in our own lives personally, in our own spirits, in our own souls, but also we need it um, in our relationships as well. And we talked a little bit about how the reality of that, that we are people um, who are flawed, who are sinful, who are broken, people in need of salvation. When we, when we recognize that, we recognize the gift of God that's been given us in Jesus, there is the opportunity, um, not the guarantee, but there is the opportunity um, to be more... Um, patient uh, and to be 
um, to be more gracious. Um, you know. Yeah. You know, it's. Let me just say it's it's the former college athletes that are so coordinated that end up. Um, they. Hey, let me. Exactly. Well, let me just. I was I was going to finish. I mean, he only broke. A, I broke my elbow, so I. I'd much rather uh, yeah break break something else. So anyway, you're you're doing better than I am. Um, but anyway, when we when we recognize the the message uh, of the grace of God, which was not merited um, by us, it's it's not deserved by us, and yet is extended to us. It, it also opens up a power in our lives. Um, to be gracious uh, in our relationships with other people, um, and uh, and boy, is there a need for that um, in our in our marriages, in our relationships with our children, in our relationships with our siblings, with our parents, with the people we run into. Um, there, there's the need for that. The recognition that we've received what we haven't earned or merited uh, opens up the possibility that we might share that with others. Then, lastly, this by way of recap, we um, looked at, uh, and Paul and I we're going to share a little bit more today. Uh, about our own personal story, and as well, I want to preface before we we share, um, and we're not there just yet, but uh, but anyway, before we do, as Paul and I um, offer up some of our own some of our own story, one of the things I want to say is this: as as we offer it up, we simply to some degree offer it up by way of sharing. Um, we don't offer it up to say, "Hey, we're an example." Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know that we're an example. Um, I don't know that you want to, you know, necessarily follow um, in our footsteps. And also, the reality is, you know, I don't know that we're doing it right um, by any stretch, by any stretch either. But it's kind of like for most of us in life, it's like, well, here we are. Um, I don't necessarily know. Um, there are certain truths, there are certain things we know that there are certain sort of uh, gospel imperatives, there are certain gospel realities that that are strong and certain in our lives, and and from those we enter into our lives, uh, and we, you know. We, we say our prayers and, and we walk forward um, as, as best we can. Uh, but the scripture I shared last week primarily was the sixth chapter of John's Gospel when the followers of Jesus began to um, fall away from him. When he said, you know, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And of course, we hear that um, some of the people said, this is a hard teaching. Um, and we hear that people began to fall away. And he asked the disciples, what about y'all? Do y'all want to go too? And Peter gave those wonderful words, Lord, to whom shall we go? Uh, we know that you alone hold the keys to eternal life. Um, there, there's no one else um, to whom we can turn. Uh, he alone is the one. And, and the challenges and, and the trials, Jesus alone is the one for us to turn to. The scripture, and that was the experience in my own life. Um, and I won't, um, my story today, perhaps another time, uh, we'll, we'll see. But um, in my life, I during times of trial and tribulation, turned to a lot of different sources um, and a lot of different means of trying to address that, found them, found them ultimately void, found them ultimately empty. That's what led me um, ultimately to Jesus and finding that he alone was the one that could reach the areas of my life that needed to be reached, to give the stability um, that I craved and longed for, to give the, um, the fullness, to, to address um, the stuff. I, you know, I tried all the various um, avenues, be they searching other religions, um, searching substances, um, you, you name it, uh, and yet found those void. The scripture I want to share this morning as we begin is um, the 16th chapter of Acts, and um, it's, uh, it's part of um, Paul's call uh, given to Paul 
and his companions. And, it, and it's in some ways kind of, I don't know that I would call it obscure, but it's not necessarily the first one that you would think of. And yet it's one that has tremendous power, and I want to share it with you. Uh, I want to share it with you now. Paul um, and the others, and, and this is as we talk about truth and life today, um, talk about basically the, the grace of God and the power of God at work in our lives when it's not turning out the way that we think it should. Um, and that's, some of y'all may have experienced that. Um, when you have, you know, you sort of have one vision of the way that life should go, um, whether that be your career, whether that be your relationships, whether that be your family, whether that be your children, um, you know, you, you name it. We often, you know, I don't know about y'all, but um, I, you know, I was a smart guy early on, um, and I knew I knew how it was going to turn out. Um, I knew the way that it was going to go, and you know, of course, I'm um, surprising it's it's turned out a little different. Um, you know, this whole get up did not see this. Um, you know, it was um, I didn't say mm, I'm going to be a priest one day. Uh, that was not, um, and yet um, God is good. So anyway, we often we often have plans in our lives. Life often. Um, shakes out differently, not only for ourselves, but for those uh, we love. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the truth and life of God available to us um, when, things, uh, when things don't turn out um, as we would plan or things don't turn out uh, as, as we would like. Well, Paul had, um, Paul had big plans on his uh, missionary journeys. And at one point, um, he had a, a, a big idea uh, of what he was going to do and, and where he was going to go. And this is 16, beginning uh, in verse 6. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So one of the things we hear about Paul and his missionary journeys, you know, Paul's like, you know, Jesus, uh, I'm, I'm all in. Um, I'm yours. I, I, I realize the truth of, of who you are. I realize the truth um, of, of your gospel, I've experienced this profound freedom um, that was unknown to me before, and I have this new sense of, sort of life and mission and purpose, and, uh, and, and here I go. Uh, I'm all yours. And then he said, you know, and, and I'm sure that Asia is where you want me. Um, that's, you know, that, that's the path um, I need to take. And we hear that repeatedly um, he, found, he found that path blocked. Uh, and as you know, I don't know. My guess is that Paul was pretty frustrated um, by that. From what I read of the scriptures, he seems like a pretty headstrong um, kind of guy. Seems fairly certain um, in many ways. And my guess is um, he was pretty frustrated by the way that God seemed to be blocking um, what what he thought was best. And he probably, to some degree, in his prayer said, "You know what, God, I'm doing this for you. Um, don't you understand that you know where I really need to be um, is is Asia? Perhaps y'all have experienced some things like that in your life. You know what, Lord." I really know what I need to be doing, and if you would just listen, um, you would. I'll knock your socks off. You'll be shocked uh, by what I'm able to do if you just open up this relationship, if you just open up this job, if you just do this for for my children or or whatever. Look, we we know what's best. Um, we know what's best, God. So we hear that Paul, um, by the Holy Spirit, had been kept uh, from going into Asia. When they uh, came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia. <laughs> But the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So he hasn't given up yet. Um, it's like, okay, maybe God won't notice if I go through Bithynia. Um, you know, maybe then it'll, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll work out, you know, if I just kind of, hey, look over here, um, and then go over there. Um, so anyway, you know, imagine that bargaining with God. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging 
come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, um, this is Luke writing, after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Well, why do, why, do I, why do I share that with you? Paul had this big idea that this was the way that things were supposed to go and that everything was going to be best, not only for his life, um, but for everybody else's life if, if this worked out. And yet, it didn't. The frustration of that repeatedly being stopped, and we hear that he had this vision of a man from Macedonia saying, you know, come to us, um, help us. Well, the reason I share that with you is this, um, that that church and that people um, were Philippi. Uh, it was the Philippians. And um, here's, your, here's your Bible trivia, Bible quiz portion uh, of this morning. What is, um, what's distinct about Paul's letter to the Philippians? Bueller? Um, anyone? Uh, anyone? Okay. Well, good. I'll, I'll tell you what's distinct. It's, uh, yeah, you know, that, that's not really the best question. It's kind of like, guess what I'm thinking. Um, well, here's, here's, the answer. here's the answer to that question. Uh, of, of all the various epistles which, which Paul writes, and certainly they're all, um, to some degree, um, filled with, with the hope and the joy that is there in the gospel, and certainly um, Philippians addresses some of the challenges um, in the church as well, and, and in particular there is a dispute and a disagreement between, um, between two women which, which, threatens to, um, which threatens to break up that church. But why I share that with you is this. Um, Paul uh, in Philippians, it is his most joy-filled um, epistle. Um, we hear that, that Paul, um, his time in Philippi was, was amazing beyond his belief, beyond his uh, expectations and hopes, uh, amazing beyond his belief. Uh, the, the time in Philippi was not what he envisioned, um, it's not what he planned. It's not what he asked for. And yet, um, he writes to the, when he writes the Philippians in, in the first chapter, he says, it's, uh, it's right for me to, uh, to say these words to you because I have you in my heart. Um, uh, he, he talks about, I'm, I'm confident that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. It's in the um, fourth chapter that he says those words, you know what, rejoice in the Lord always. I, I say it again, rejoice. Um, let your... Um, gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. It's in the fourth chapter that Paul writes those most amazing words where he says, you know what? Uh, I, I know what it is to be in plenty uh, and I know what it is um, to be in one. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether in plenty or, or whether in one. It's that, that relationship with the Philippians filled him with joy throughout his life and throughout his ministry. It was the most amazing um, relationship uh, and yet it's not the one that he had planned. It's the one that God led him toward. Uh, and And it wasn't without some frustrations and trials and challenges um, that, that he got there. Uh, and yet we hear that, that through that, what initially seemed like frustration, what initially seemed like God blocking his way, what initially seemed like trials and tribulations, led to um, his joy being made complete, um, led to him rejoicing, led to these um, deep and abiding, loving relationships with that particular people, led him to be able to say those words, which, you know, I, I think you and I, desperately long for, you know, in a time and a place in communities of, of so much plenty, um, one of the things that often uh, I think every one of us is so uh, desperately lacking is contentment, um, that, that, abiding sense of, that abiding sense of peace, that abiding sense of, of wellness, even though everything's not perfect, that, that wonderful, blessed um, contentment. And we see that Paul experiences that um, as God initially seems to block his path and leads him in another direction. So that by way of um, introduction as we share just a little bit um, of 
God's truth um, at, at work in our lives as we try to, um, uh, as we experience that, that faith and, and the strength and the hope it brings in, in the trials that, that life throws our way. And, and I welcome Paulo up now. And as I do, as I say, we don't, um, well, you'll quickly know if you haven't already. Yeah, we don't have it together. Uh, we don't necessarily say, hey, you know what, just follow us. Um, we, got all, we have all the answers, but just by way of sharing a little bit. The dreaded mic. That's right. Here it is. Yeah. Anyways, well, last week, you know, I prayed it very, very hard. Lord, please don't let me cry. Please, please, please. This morning in the shower. Please, please, please. And I just can't help it, so I'm sorry. He wired me this way. It's just what happens sometimes. <laughs> I don't see it coming, and I'm sorry. But anyways, just to know, I tried to change it, and God says, um, but I'm going to start this little um, personal interest story. I always like to call it. I love the Olympic Games when they do the backstory on the athletes. I'm not so much interested in who wins. I never even know who wins or who cares. I'm so interested in the backstory. So I'm sorry if you're not interested in backstories, but this is the time when we do the backstory. But I'm going to start out um, just by telling a short story. And I'm going to start out with my one of my very favorite Bible verses because it started this storm in my life. And it ended this storm in my life, and I know it will just be a constant thread, but I'm going to do a plug for the Advent House, and I want you to know that um, I'm not somebody that is all in on anything new and exciting. Most things scare me, so I approach most things with fear, and I approach the Advent House with fear, but I went many, many times, utilize those ladies in the back, in case you're wondering who gives those ladies in the back business. It's me. So, but I'm going to start out that my sweet niece, who I'm going to um, make a reference to in this quick little story, but she is grounded. She's my dearest, bestest friend, and I think God gave her to me 10 years younger than me, but like she's, like I'm 15 years younger than my sister, but I'm only 10 years older than my niece. So really, she's more like a friend. And um, two years ago in May, she's, just kind of threw this because I'm big on one-liners, and she said, you're not alone. And this comes from 2 Corinthians 4, and it goes like this. It says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're very perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. I'm sorry. Um, And we're struck down. Yes. So, I'm going to start this story like this, because it ends my story with my sweet friends at the Advent House, who had that word for me as they were intercessing for me upstairs. Okay, crazy family. Love them all. This was the best, and who knew it was coming at us? Y'all all have stuff. I'm not trying to make this sound like it's bigger than anything. It's just mine. It's my weird life. Who asked for it? Who saw it coming? Um. I have an alcoholic brother, been addicted since he was 13. We are not mature at this Molly house at all, but somehow he landed on our doorstep. Homeless, from Atlanta. Everyone else is like, we're not dealing with him. You're supposed to turn your back on him and da-da-da-da-da. Well, he's 50. Remember, I'm 43. All these people are older. It's a crazy age range. So he lands on our doorstep. So I'm like, Craig, what are we going to do? Well, of course we're going to bring him in. So he's stays at our house, blah, 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 we do all this, goes back to my parents, this whole drawn-out thing, I'm not going to bore you with the details, but the bottom line is on that one, my niece and I somehow just talked him into the foundry. We thought, okay, 
all this other stuff doesn't work, surely Jesus is going to work on him because that's what the foundry's about. Somehow we get him there, blah, blah, blah. Well, I have the alcoholic dad, keep in mind, who thinks AA is the only way, and I know it is, doesn't matter, I'm not here to do a commercial. But um, writing my mother, it's the only way, it'll never work, blah, 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 blah. Well, my mom, with her whole whatever, um, <laughs> just breaks, psychotic break, and um, they take her to a hospital in town, I'm not going to say. Would like to, but I'm not. Um, hospital in town, and my sister, who they moved here to be with, has moved to Lake Martin, so we're up. You know, it's fifth grade graduation, it's 92 things. May 12th, y'all think about your calendar, May 12th. Everything is May 12th. Okay. Did not need the psychotic mother, did not need the alcoholic brother, and it really didn't affect my little family of five, but... For whatever reason, I'm like, Chris, this is crazy. What, this is dumb. So, you know, at the hospital, I'm sorry, it's so funny. Um, no forks to eat. My mom's like calling up her, there's no phones, but she's calling up her um, water aerobic lady, talking to her on, you know, her hand. And everybody's trying to tell me that this is Alzheimer's. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's not. Don't tell me it is. Yes, it is. Here's the 30, here's the book. You know, go home, read about it. No. So my dad's like, Paula, really? I think it is. I said, Dad, we just talked to her yesterday and she was fine. Blah, blah, blah. Fast forward. We're petrified of that place. I'm like calling my sister in the corner. You're not allowed to have phones because remember, there's no phones. But my mom's got her phone. But <laughs> So I'm calling my sister saying, we're getting her out of here. We didn't know where we were going, but we were getting her out of here. My psychotic mother, we got the alcoholic brother. We're taking her home. We sedate her. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. They give us some medicine. We put her in the bedroom at my sister's lake house. And we got her all checked in, trying to get the plan. My niece and my sister and I are there. We've decided to get away. We're leaving the kids at home. It's just too much. And the next thing happens, the phone rings, the real phone. And someone's calling my dear, sweet niece, and she would tell you if she was standing here, this exact story. She's not afraid. She's very real. Her husband's cheating on her. So, Okay. Which one's first? We got the psychotic mother. This, y'all, this is no different than anybody else's story. I'm just, for some reason, here to tell you about it. So, and then my other niece is getting married. You know, typical, the shower's at her house, this whole scrambling. So, by the grace of God, we get um, a phone call, get a referral, get her into the best care in the world at UAB Hospital. Comes around, in and out. To fast forward the year, much dissension with mom, with dads and sisters and craziness. But I tell you all this story to tell you that you truly are not hard-pressed because on the every other side, you're not going to be crushed. Yes, you will be. I was crushed. You're going to be so perplexed. I spent much of my time perplexed. That's even like too big of a word for me. But perplexed. I was just so frustrated, but I knew I wasn't abandoned, and I wasn't going to be destroyed. So I think my message today and my total encouragement for you, I've left out a lot of details you want to know and just ask, um, <laughs> but I tell you all this because I do feel like we live our life forward because we don't even know, but we understand it backwards.
So I take myself, <laughs> I felt like it was my recovery meeting at the Advent House, and I sat there, and one of the sweet ladies came downstairs and read that exact Bible verse that my niece threw my way at the start of the storm, and it ended it, because it did end. It stopped. Somehow, we got on the other side. My mother is great. You'll see her here. She's awesome. My brother, still an alcoholic, but it's not mine to change, sits right there in the front. Same suit he's worn for probably 25, 30 years. Who cares? And those are those people I'm telling, could you just act normal, please, before you go in. <laughs> but it's my normal, and I love them, and I just hope that is a small, little, tiny value of um, encouragement for y'all's week. Okay. <laughs> Um, um, thanks, Pete. Uh, that was awesome. And, you know, as, as Paula wonderfully shared, and it's just you know the, the the truth for our life. Some of the some of the things have have resolved themselves wonderfully, um, powerfully. But some of the things we really got is um, not simply has has resolved them, but is but has genuinely brought kind of like you know a little bit of, of Paul's story. Um, not only has there been some resolution, but there's been so much power and grace that that has worked, um, that's been made available to us in a way that that wouldn't that wouldn't have been available to us had everything just gone along, just just as we had had planned. And also, you know, as Paula mentioned, some of it's still um, some of it's still going on. Um, you know, Paula's brother, my brother-in-law, God love him. Um, we're still, you know, he's he's still um, over. Over at our house, fairly often. Um, thank God he's not living with us. Uh, that was a, um, I don't know, maybe not the best decision, but there it was um, for a period of time. You know, it's kind of like, you know, um, there, there, there it is. Um, there it is, right? But you know, once again, it's part of the part of the truth as well for our lives, both in yours and my life, and in our relationships as well. Is is this? Is we we've been people. Um, who have been recipients of, of of a love and a grace and a mercy that that was not that was not merited um, by us, and and we have that opportunity um, to share that with with other people, and and what that that love and that grace and mercy looks like can can look different in, in different circumstances and, and situations. You know, obviously, love and grace and mercy are not. Um, do not necessarily mean acceptance of well, they don't. They don't necessarily mean acceptance of behaviors. Um, you you express that love and that grace to the person, but it's certainly not an acceptance of the behaviors. It's not a pretending that you know, oh, it's just fine. It's it's not a big deal because some things are a very big deal uh, and 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 are very um, destructive. And sometimes love and grace and mercy in that particular situation is is confronting those behaviors, is challenging um, those behaviors, is 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 naming them, is 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 calling them is calling them out while you continue to be in a relationship with that person. Sometimes it's closer, sometimes it's it's more distant. But one of the things in, in my own life that was so powerfully profound and that really led to what I would consider my conversion is, is this. In my own life, and sort of very succinctly, and I, some of y'all have heard this before, we would move um, about every three years. Um, uh, Kendall Harmon, when he was here with us, uh, someone asked him about... Um, sort of how he grew up and where he grew up, and he, and he said he grew up suburban. Um, and that's actually, I, I, I'm like, yeah, that was kind of that 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 describes that describes me. I've lived in um, 
Well, let's see, we'll, we'll, we'll start north and, and go south. Um, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Texas, uh, and, and Alabama. So um, you might think we're witness relocation, um, but no, we're actually we're, 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 we're not. It was sort of the... Um, it was sort of the, 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 the corporate army experience. Some of those have been since we were, but it's sort of the corporate army experience. We would sort of every about every few years we'd we'd move and off we'd off we'd go again and and, and grew up with you know they were they were good and they are. They're, Mom and Dad are awesome. I I, I love them. They're, but they are good, um, very imperfect, um, very imperfect parents um, like like the rest of us. And and we kind of you know I grew up in the church, but um, you know it wasn't as if I was. Um, Reading my Bible and saying my prayers, um, saying my prayers all the time. And as as we moved, um, often one of the things that it, it seemed to me as if um, that that there was a void, um, that there was a, that there was a security, there there was a grounding that I longed for. And, and the reality may be that we could have been in one place our our whole life and it would have been the exact same story. Um, so as I say, I think that was a factor. Maybe not in. in in my interpretation of it, but anyway, in, in the sense of that, in the sense of that void, in the sense of that longing, you know, I I searched uh, and through different paths um, spiritually and so forth. I it's the old um, cliche, you know, uh, the quote, you know, wild lifestyle, lifestyle drugs, you know, alcohol, etc. Just the you know the the basic um, the basic I say it's basic um, uh, self destructive. Um, behavior, not exactly a, a, an especially an especially new story. But one of the things that was so profound through that entire time is to say, Mom and Dad, I, I, I guarantee you they didn't handle it textbook. Um, uh, but one of the things that was interesting to me, as you might imagine, it would have been easy for Mom and Dad just to say, you know what, forget it. Um, you know what, you want to you want to do that? You just you go right ahead. You want to go down that path? Go down that path. We. We can't stop you. We can't control you. That's that's it. Final straw. Um, we've we've had it. And one of the amazing things was that um, the final straw never came. And I gave them plenty of opportunities um, to pull that final straw uh, again and again and again. And yet, uh, and yet it it never came. And I didn't at 17 say, you know what, Mom and Dad, thank you for showing Jesus to me. Um, I'm just so I'm so grateful for that. And I just want you to know that um, it was it was something. Uh, as as life as life went back, but one of the things though for me is that um, for the first time the words which I had heard uh, began to to be real um, in my life. The the whole idea, you know, we talk about grace. Uh, we we talk about um, grace covering uh, a multitude of of wrongs. The the experience of of grace extended that um, certainly um, my behavior. Um, did not deserve hearing about steadfast love, uh, the kind of love um, that continues uh, that continues to give to us. The, the whole idea of God's pursuit and perseverance in, in seeking us and desiring to draw us um, to Himself. All those all those things which I'd heard about began to be so very real um, in my life in a, in a very tangible way. The idea that the Scripture holds out, particularly we see a beginning. Um, with, with the people of Israel, but it's not limited to the people of Israel. The idea that, that we have a home, um, that we have a place, that we have a sense of belonging, that we have a sense um, of community um, within the people of God, within, within the body of Christ, that God calls us, uh, and that wherever we might be, we, we have a rock and a stronghold. We have a, a home, 
uh, in our relationship with God, all those things began to, as I say, take on uh, a new and different uh, and, and, and deeper meaning for me, leading me to the point where um, uh, I, I went off to school at the, um, at the Citadel. And, you know, as I've, as I've shared um, numerous times, there's, there, there's a lot of the gospel at the Citadel mired in sin. Um, and, and there's a lot of things, you know, the whole idea of becoming a new creation, as I say, they, I don't, you know, the whole idea of uh, everything that you, when you show up there, you know, whether you're a big shot or not, or, you know, who your, who your daddy was, who your mom was, who your people are, what your accomplishments are, you know what, you're, you're, another, you're another knob. Um, you're the guy in the same uniform, same shaped head, um, you know, um, nobody cares. Um, thank you very much. Um, who you are or, or who you think you are, and that, that whole process of, of becoming, the whole process of becoming a new creation, what God makes available to us. So anyway, I, I went to school there um, at the Citadel and then came to the point where I began to read my Bible, um, actually. Uh, kind of a, anyway, kind of a novel concept. Anyway, I began to, I'd been given one at my confirmation, um, I'm sure along with my prayer book, and, um, you know, um, I actually began to open them. Um, uh, really, kind of uh, junior year of, of of college, as I say, it was a uh, it was it wasn't an immediate um, it wasn't an immediate turnaround. Began to actually earnestly read my Bible, began to worship, actually genuinely began to pray to the point of um, just finding that that tremendous peace. Saying, you know what, Lord, um, uh, you know I'm, I'm tired of battling. I'm tired of uh, I'm tired of running. Uh, you know what? I'm uh, I'm yours uh, and you know, say that the the Holy Spirit leading me to that point because and yeah, it's not just being funny. I mean, the reality is I didn't have the wisdom um, to do that. I didn't have the wisdom to say that um, that that prayer or, or to to go in that direction. That was the the, the grace of God, the Holy Spirit of God, um, drawing me there to that place where to say, you know what, um, uh, I, I'm yours. And and the experience in my life was the experience I've heard from so many different people when when finally coming to that point of oh, the weight of the world being lifted off of me. Um, it didn't mean that everything suddenly worked out um, the way I wanted it to or there were no troubles or trials or struggles or what have you, but, but the weight of the world um, being, being lifted off of us. Um, I had some clips, um, but you know what, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the time, um, not next week but, the week, but the week after that we'll have some... Um, it's such a shame they were so pithy um, and, and, and clever and, and illustrative that um, uh, so when you tune in next time um, they'll they'll be those waiting for you but but I'll sort of close by saying this and then any questions or comments y'all have one um, P thank you um, uh, grateful um, grateful for you and for what you have to share and Paul is um, Paul is very Paul is very real faith uh, and the way that it affects you in your lives and your relationship and the way that you share it with others. Thank you. Um, thank you for that. And thank you for you all in this time to come together as, as we continue to reflect on the power of God that's alive and at work in our lives. It's not just a, it's not just a theory um, or a concept, but, it, but it's a reality. Um, and, it, and it brings real power and it brings real hope um, to our real lives and, and gives us strength. I'll say this finally. Mom and Dad, as I say, they... They didn't necessarily know what they were doing, and yet they, they were saying their prayers, um, and, and, they continued, uh, and they continued to show up, uh, and they continued, say, in a, in a very imperfect fashion to extend that, that love and that grace, and it was, 
it was not a quick um, it was not a quick quick process and and yet it, it's one that uh, it's one that 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 brought me to salvation um, that 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 brought me um, to Jesus and so I simply share that with you all as well whether it be the some of the stuff that Paul and I've shared with you what I shared about my own life or the the experiences that you're that you're going through um, in your own that the the grace of God and the strength of God made available um, Paul as Paula shared um, shared those wonderful words um, in the in Second Corinthians, uh, there we go. Second Corinthians four. I was looking here. I was like, wait a minute, I'm not seeing it. I was looking at chapter two. Um, that's why um, the the treasure which Paul um, refers to is is the message of the gospel, the truth of the gospel, which is given to you and to me in our lives. And it's that gospel alive and at work in our lives that enabled Paul um, to write this. But we have this treasure um, in jars of clay, and the jars of clay he's referring to are you and me, um, very flawed. Imperfect instruments and people, but we have this treasure and jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed uh, on every side, um, but not pr- but not crushed, as, as Paula shared. We we go through the experiences and challenges and trials and lives. We're hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, um, but we are not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down. Um, but not destroyed. And he goes on at the end of chapter 4, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen um, is eternal. It was Paul's experience. He had one thing in mind. He had life laid out this way, uh, and, it, and it didn't work out the way that he thought it should. He, he kept his eyes uh, fixed on God, uh, and we hear uh, of the way in which God led him and, and God's what God was able to accomplish uh, by a different path was greater than what he would have envisioned and imagined for himself. And so as I share that, as I close with that, are there any questions or comments you'll have before we go? We have, I guess, just a moment or two. All right. Let me pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you again that you've gathered us together. We, we pray that the good news, most gracious God, of, of who you are in relationship with us, a good shepherd um, who knows our needs before we ask, a good shepherd who sought us, that you might bring us into your fold, a good shepherd who's laid down his life that we might have life. Pray, most gracious God, that as you are a good shepherd who has sought us, restored us through your cross and resurrection and relationship with you. Pray that you would, uh, in your own merciful, powerful way, speak to each of us, that we might hear your voice, that you would lead and that you would guide us. And uh, this we ask in the name of your Son, uh, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.